Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Morning, everybody. Monday, October 16th, 2023, 710 KUS Weather Center weather. Beauty, 74 with the high, 81. We just listened to the weather report and 75 on Wednesday. One line is open. Uh, I got this morning and I'll come back and do Wednesday morning as well. Um, it's been really interesting talk radio. And it has been more of a reflection on how talk radio works or doesn't work. And so moments ago, I read this. It's only a message from a listener. George, meaning, you know, the man's show, had some over-educated. And these, these are not even my words. I'm reading over-educated professor. Uh, she thought she, there could be peace between Israelis and Palestinians. George did a great job, but it was like listening to your son and daughter come back from university after they smoked a couple of joints and had their first, mar- had first martini. Now comes back at me. To be fair, the professor has a resume. You may disagree with it. I don't disagree with anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. <laughs> and the slave thing continues, too. I Talk radio, no man, it's master. So as now the horror show is unfolding and um, the invasion is apparently about to begin, the ground war, and it's spilled into Lebanon and um, Hezbollah firing rockets, and now the, the the Israelis fire back, and people talking about the um, firing Tomahawk missiles from the American fleet into Lebanon. Um, who's winning? Are they apparently, I I don't know. It's like it's beleaguered. It's um, it's this great sadness, and I keep coming back to this one line that says there is no tomorrow. It is only yesterday repeating itself. So here we go back to the phones. We go to uh, to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. You waited. Thank you. Hey, Pete. Yeah, I mean, this conflict, I've, I've, I've done some research on it, you know, and it, it all obviously goes all the way back to, you know, ancient times mm-hmm. in the Bible, you know, the Philistines and the Israelites. Now it's the Palestinians and the Israelis. And I mean, all the way back. So the, the land's been contested over time. And, and you know, then we have the Balfour Declaration in the Absolutely. early 1900s. And, yeah. and, and that was just over a, a you know, a, a Jewish person helping I mean, uh, develop some ammunition to help in World War One and Two. But careful, careful, Hill, because at the same time, Lawrence and I'm a huge Lawrence fan. Lawrence is telling the Arabs rise against the Ottomans, sacrifice your lives, and get rid of the Ottoman Empire. Just one more empire in charge, and we will give you your Arab free state. While in the meantime, in Europe. Lord Rothschild is making a deal with Balfour for money because the British the British government is tap and the war isn't really going well. They go to Balfour for money. Balfour is a Zionist. He is uh, at one time it, what they know he knew Herzl. 
um, they they made the deal, and they're, the British are double dealing from both sides, and so after Balfour makes the declaration, and Sykes Pico, and you know I mean, all this stuff is all inter, inter, interplayed, and again as I've said many times, you read the life of Lawrence. Lawrence has already put everything out there, and he's in Damascus, and he sees the French army march back in, and he knows that they've screwed them. Yeah, and and then we, you know, we fast forward to after World War II, and we're, you know, the whole United Nations votes hmm. and gives Israel the land. Absolutely. So... So and even even Russia voted for it. Second person, the Stalin votes. No, Stalin votes right. second. Yeah. Knowing I I believe knowing that the they're surrounded by, you know, double or triple mm-hmm. or quadruple the number mm-hmm. of Arabs and that they're they're going to get attacked. 48. And, and the first and, one begins. Exactly. And knowing that they were just going to be destroyed anyway, I think that's why Russia signed on I, you know, uh, to, it's to, to legitimize it. But you know? You know, remember, the, the state is set up. Uh, Golda Meir was the president of the Socialist International. She's, they were socialists. They were, and I'm not taking anything away from them because that was the kibbutz system. And the kibbutz system, by the way, is almost gone now in Israel. But they set up these kibbutzes. And uh, you know, and all these you know like-minded people came, but the most important part of that is the Shoah, the the Holocaust that happened, and there's a moment where this realization comes to these people, and whether or not they knew or didn't know is another sidebar for history. Whether Churchill knew or FDR knew that these systematic murders were taking place. But then they looked and they saw what they saw when they liberated Dachau and and they went, oh, my God. And then, you know, the Zionist movement's underway. And remember, those guys, they said, the original Zionist guys said, hey, next time you come looking, you'll know where to find us. And it was the state. And so you have these two forces smashing against each other. And you're right. And you got but now you've got Israel, you know. Acknowledged as a state by the whole, by the whole world, P- Palestine isn't acknowledged as a state. For the life of me, I can't figure out why one of those countries can't can't give Palestine some land, mm-hmm. and 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 we can recognize them as state. But, they have see, more they in say, common. They say, you know, they say, oh, totally in common and genetically uh, in common. But they say this is our land. I told you I was. In Gaza, and uh, I meet people to talk about a place they called home that they'd never seen. But and, Pete, w- but with that mentality, right? You've got you've got the Palestinians saying the only way out of this is to give us the land, mm-hmm. and then where does the Jewish people go? Oh, they die. They they go into the they go into the sea. So last so, night, no, hang on, last night. So when uh, President Biden says last night that there has to be a creation of a, of a Palestinian state. Um, what does that where? mean? Where? Well? Yeah. Well, yeah, where? Uh, in, in parts of Israel? Um, so, again, we see they gave them the Gaza Strip. They gave them the West Bank. And, and look what's happening. So a two-state solution doesn't the, seem like it's, it's going to no, work. There, there, there wasn't, it just gets closer to your enemy. But there wasn't any other way out. 
In other words, the Gaza and the West Bank, and it's interesting, West Bank is, I guess, relatively quiet, but that's Fatah. And Hamas is different. <laughs> they don't, and they're governing, quote, gov- governing organizations, bodies. But one is one thing, one is another. But notice that the West Bank, for all intents and purposes, is quiet. And, until when, though? Well, your, your question is a legitimate You know what I mean? You're absolutely until right. Until when? You're absolutely right. So when right. another terrorist organization goes in the West Bank at some point, sets up shop, hmm. you know, uh, coerces the people, um, and says, well, the next attack's coming from up here. So right. I can't the, argue that. You're, you're I, right. I don't think there's going to be any solution because nobody so, wants it. The only solution for one party is destroy the other one yeah. and take the land back. And that's not going to happen. And that's not going to happen. No. And then the other solution for the other one uh, is there isn't one. It's, that's right. There, there isn't, there isn't no. an answer on the Israeli side except no. defend our, our well, but look at, land that was given to us by the world. Yeah, there was a real movement inside of Israel um, to be, I don't want to say pro-Palestinian, but to recognize you know, the, the quote, injustices done to the Palestinians. That's out the window. The minute they cut a head off of a baby, the minute they gutted or raped or did all kinds of stuff, that movement, and they were opposed to Netanyahu. That that's gone. Now that that left you know that left town, and probably ain't coming back. But there was. This the, is a. I the, think this is to provoke a proxy war. Well, either either to drain us with the U.S. with money, trying to support Israel, or trying to get the U.S. and Iran in some sort of proxy no, war. I, you know, because I, I don't see the end game for there for the Palestinians. But I don't see even the beginning of but, why do this. No, why, but I, the example. The, point? the example that came to me historically was Tet Offensive, nineteen sixty-eight, February, and there was there's a city called Hawaii, and that was the principal, and they, the NVA and the VC did horrible things, and they were when when they had to dig the bodies up, and these people were dismembered and had their heads cut off and their arms cut off and their kids buried with them. That was Tet Offensive. The United States military won, militarily won Tet. But that wasn't the point of it. And you can read Gap and you read these guys. Why did they do it? Well, they wanted to show you. And we're still here. And it gets back to that point in reading about protracted guerrilla war in the third world. All you got to do is not lose. And you'll well, win. The, and you'll, The intelligence failure on the Israeli side now, is is suspect. We're, but look at us. This country on 9-11, was that an intelligence failure? I think we, there was warning signs we didn't follow. Okay. But and and now the Egyptians now say they told the Israelis three days prior to whatever the hell you want to call it, and nothing was done. How does the best intelligence agency, you know, no. the, the, uh, the Mossad, get, get fooled? I, no. I just don't. I, I just don't. Again, I mean, the, those, guys much, are, those guys are way better than anything oh, hey, we've no, got. Uh, pardon me. I'm going to jump in here, Brian. I'm going to jump in here just a second. I, I'm glad you brought this up because I ran across a guy this weekend 
that was talking about exactly this and talking about how does the most sophisticated and one of the best organized intelligence services not catch this. And again, he's not saying he knows this for certain, but he has some experience in this realm. And he said his thought is, he said if he is going to post-mortem it from an arm's length away, not having any specific details, his belief is that Israeli intelligence started leaning too much on electronics gathering Mm -hmm. and leaving out human intelligence gathering. He said that uh, what he had seen in some things were that um, Hamas and other people pulled back, other uh, terrorist organizations had pulled back from some of their electronic communication, and they were going old school as far as passing messages between individuals and, and, and not relying as much on the technology, not doing as many Zoom phone calls and things like that. They were dialing away from the electronics and going more hands-on. And he said that's probably where the um, blind spot in the Israeli intelligence existed, is they were leaning too hard into the electronics gathering and not into the human gathering. But again, I don't know for certain, but I thought you'd like that. How many, to both you guys and to the audience, how many of hundreds of millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars, has the country spent on the CIA, intelligence gathering in the Middle East, the United States is involved up to, up to foreheads, and they did not know that 9-11 was coming. Now, in the aftermath and all the books that were done is that why didn't they see this guy? And, in fact, we find out the Clintons backed away three times from killing him. And they lawyered it up, and they, wouldn't, they, they didn't kill him. They should have killed him. But they didn't kill him. Um, and then 9-11 happens. And it's interesting to me, looking back, nobody, at least nobody I remember talking to or listening to or watching, talked about why didn't we see it coming. But they apply that to the Israelis. Why didn't you see this coming? Well, why didn't we see 9-11 coming? I'll give you the final comment. It's a good call, Brian. Yeah, you know, P, I, I don't know, you know, because I'm, I'm I, I don't know. It's just never, it's never going to end. Oh, it isn't. Just, it's just, we're going to always be talking about this. And it's sad because we've got innocent blood being yes. spilled on both sides. Yes. And, and, and that's what's going to happen. Those are the, who's going to suffer while these political or religious wars go on. And I, in America, I think we just wash our hands clean and, and just mm. let it let whatever happened there happen. I mean, there's nothing. Why should we spend our blood and treasure anymore over any of these wars going on anyway? But again, it, that, that's I, where I, I'm I, I come to the back to this book about Japan and, and, and the, the fear factor in what was going on and these Japanese mothers who had lost their sons uh, in, you know, different places, Okinawa or wherever, Saipan, and they had to put this brave face on and tell their friends how glad they were their son died for the emperor. Internally, they don't want anything to do with this. They want, but it's, it's afraid not to. And there's a lot of afraid not tos. And they when finally there was almost a relief when he, when Hirohito makes the decision, but there were still people that there was a coup inside the um, the palace. And one thing I never read before was that when the Japanese people heard Hirohito's voice, it was a record. And I always thought that Hirohito stood in front of a microphone and said, "We will you know bear the unbearable." And no, it wasn't true. He had actually on uh, went to a recording studio, made a record. Now. 
they hide. This is interesting. The the young Turks, these young fanatical officers, they attempt a coup d'etat before, and they they're searching in the palace for the record. They know there's a record. What they did with the record is they hid it with the so-called ladies in waiting, and you know, and they hid it with the women. And these guys, they had such structured, you know, belief systems that they would not go where the women were. That's where the record was. So when they finally play Hirohito telling the the, Ameri- the American, the Japanese people, you know, they're, they're quitting, they, they're going to surrender, it was a record. And I thought, man, and this, this book is so powerful, I can't wait to get this guy on the show. But they're firebombing, and the Japanese won't give up. So when we think about other stuff, um, now what? This country's on fire, though, yeah. and we're 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 we got a war within this with our own borders, and and we got to get we 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 can't be involved in anything else. But we got to take care of our own house sure. and let everybody else take care of themselves for once. Well, but I I, but, I just don't know what else to, to but say. The, isn't is I think the American military I forget is in how many? Um, oh God, eighty countries. Something. Probably. And but I always ask yourself the question: Are they there? For what reason? And there are people I read to say, well, they're there to protect the American multinationals, to you know, protect American business. That's why they're there, or they stay there, or this happens or that happens. But um, that's well, don't our, you that, think, Pete? A lot of those places, if we leave, they're they're going to go up in smoke. Perhaps. Right. Perhaps. So what? I mean, we can't be the again. We just we can't just be the world peacemaker. And I know we try to put our hands on yeah. everything when and did, have a base here and a base right, there, which so, means we're just coercing people so when, to have a base here and and strength I'm, here. I'm a, I'm a kid growing up, and we're the good guys. And then as you begin to read and start to look, we're as, not the good guys. Well, well I, I was talking about Nasser, and uh, when I was a kid growing up, and when they seized Suez and all of that began and I and Eisenhower and I'm reading this stuff and I was a lousy student, but I was a good little reader. And I thought Nasser was this horrible man. And then you start to read it. They'd overthrown King Farouk, who was a proxy of the British. And, you know, and then they become Baathist and this whole Baathist idea. They're 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 Arab socialists, but they're also there's one Arab world. And um, they the movement was about oil, too. And they said. The oil belongs to all of us, which is go back to um, what was going on with Osama. And he said, this is we have one eighth of one tenth of one hundredth percent of the Arab world, which they called the parasite princes, own the oil. And so Nasser said, no, we all own the oil. You know, the oil belongs to all of us in Iraq and Iran and not not in Iran, but in Iraq and Saudi Arabia, Kuwait. That's that was scary stuff. But if you think, you know, most of the Arab street is very poor, very poor people. And there are other people that live incredible lives, but there's a small percentage of them. And that's that's somewhat of a legitimate argument. And the more I read, the more I read them, I said, wait a minute, hold on here. He's not you know, he's not that out of line to my own thinking. Well, I think we're not the good guys. I think we're just the better guys. And uh, and 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 that and that you know the lesser of two evils, but I, I just don't see this conflict ending ever. And so no. we'll be talking about this till I'm till very, I'm as old as you. Very well, <laughs> thank you, Brian. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, it is it is apparently beginning um, the ground war. Now what? 
how long does it go and what happens. And um, last night, apparently Israelis struck Hamas sites inside of Lebanon, but they had fired rockets at Israelis. And there's this American idea, well, let's send American tomahawks. Wow. And then what happens next? What is the outcome? And can there be peace? Joe Biden was scheduled to come to Denver and will not. 74 the high. Uh, two lines are open. 303-696-1971. I can read the wall after this. Boyle in with Peter Boyle is on a Monday, October 16th, 2023. We have one line open. It's been a really good morning for open lines. And, of course, the issue is what is the outcome the ground war appears to be close to beginning. I was reading some military strategists who said they have to least stay for 18 months, a year and a half. What will that be like and what will that bring? And again, I come back to at this point redundant, but is there parts of the world, and this is one I think we're looking at, that there is no tomorrow? It's just yesterday repeating itself. And again, also a line out of historians that one man's terrorist, another man's freedom fighter. So when the world sees this thing, and it depends on, once again, where, where you are and how you see what happened. And that's also important. And, and does it go on forever? Yes. And so this horror show is about to continue. The horrible loss of civilian lives, the international community now is what? Poised to do what? There's no peace initiative. Palestinians in Gaza, the history of the region, the opposite effects taking place, I don't know what happens, but the bloodshed and destruction, what Hamas did, what Hamas did, is unforgivable. So let's go back to the phones. We go to Robert. Robert, you're on a radio show, man. Thank you. Hey, Pete. Brother. Uh, I wanted to correct something. I will start off. I'll just I'll try to be as quick as possible. You were talking about some incident uh, on 9-11 that, uh, you know, these uh, across the river in New Jersey, the people that were jumping up and down celebrating. Yeah. You made a comment about that. Yeah. And you kind of poo-pooed it like it was a no, joke anyway. I, I didn't poo- right, Hang on. Go ahead. Can I just say something real quick? No. I, I, know, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but the first thing I heard when I got up on the morning of 9-11, I woke up, and it was pretty much over. It was 9 o'clock at this time. TV set was on. One of the first things I heard was, you know, people were reporting there was a group of Middle Eastern-appearing men that got out of a white van across the river in New Jersey that were celebrating, jumping up and down, cheering after the second plane struck. So... You know, I'm just made note of that, and yearly, I'm a news junkie. I watch lots of mm-hmm. news, read, listen, everything. Anyway, a year later, I was watching a news show with my mother. I think it was a Friday night, so I was over at hers visiting her, and she likes news and news shows. So she was watching, I think it was 48 hours. It was a year after 9-11, they had a report on that incident. And they found out these gentlemen, they tracked them to a, they called it a front company, they identified them as members of the Israeli intelligence community. Mm-hmm. I guess that's Mossad. I've heard that story too. And that they 
eventually threw them out of the country. Now, do I think that they had pre-knowledge of it? I don't know. No. I'm thinking they, after the first plane hit, they drove down there. When the second one hit, they knew who it was. They, you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to figure that out. And they, well, they, they knew who that, that was going to help them. So prior to them, to, that's good news. It's going to help them out. Pri- so prior, that's what I was going to explain. It, it's not a conspiracy theory. Well, I like fact. I like reality. I would too. I like the truth. I don't like conspiracy theory. But, so that's not a conspiracy hang theory. On, but that re- happened. Hang on. Remember... According to the 9-11 Commission report, which do with that as you may, but there were there were CIA guys in D.C. that way before even the horribleness of the airplane striking the Pentagon, they they knew they said it's it is Osama. And yet W. and Cheney decided and Osama and they, they were enemies absolute enemies they the belief is that inside of iraq um saddam was probably good for a thousand two thousand jihadis or fanatics and he killed them he didn't want them he did not want them in his country and as there's a book called debriefing the president the cia operative who was brought in when they captured saddam and he did the interviews with saddam and as the story goes, Tarek Aziz, who was kind of like the chief of staff for, for Saddam, and they're watching it. They watch it. They're watching it happen on television, Saddam and Tarek Aziz. And, and Saddam says, according to Tarek Aziz, now George Bush will know, meaning you know it isn't us. It's, it's them. It's the palace. You know, it's, it's the sods. Nothing, nothing right. further from the truth. It didn't matter. And that's the stuff that I'm saying about today in a greater sense. Belief is so strong that the rest of it doesn't matter. Well, I agree. I like to, like I said, I like to go from what I see and what, what I know to be the truth. But of course. The, uh, the, other, the other thing I had to comment quickly on was the, the gentleman called up talking about slavery in this no. country and its uh, no. connection to Islam anyway. You were, you were saying who owns it. I don't think he was trying to say who owns it. He was trying to say who who is responsible well, they're, well, they're one of many. I mean, look. Well, you're right. You're right. But but the, the black people in this country, are they here because of Greek slave traders? No. But are they're they here, here they're, because they're, of Roman but, slave but, traders? But, but no, no, no. That, that was my point. Traders? No. That was my point. <laughs> here, Peter, you, you covered this on your show many times, a guy named Al Turkey. Hmm? Remember him? Sure. Well, I don't know if he's still in prison, but he went to prison for slavery. The point I'm trying to make is that slavery stop, is universal. Nobody, no one civilization I, can, I say, can, can say our hands are clean. You, you're, you are correct. But who is, who is mostly doing slavery today? On the Arab world. Oh, of course. You're right. Well, but again, That's but why it, it, I don't well, know stop for again. For a second, if, if there wasn't a market, it's like when you try to understand the drug business, that if no one in this country wanted fentanyl, if nobody in this country wanted cocaine, it would stack up on the other side of the border. The Chinese would quit making it. The, the cartels would quit bringing it in because they can't make money. Unfortunately, we have infinite amount of addicts and whether it's crack or you know you pick and i'll play it it's not made in this country and so 
it takes a market to move a product. The market was British colonies in the United States of America needed cheap labor. If we... Yeah, all, if, all thing is, is today, I just, I looked at something I remember from many years ago hearing about the definition of where the word slave came from. So I just want to double check. I looked it up a couple minutes ago, the derivation of slave. And it goes back, which I learned something today about the Slavic people who were you know, right. enslaved. And it, right. it, it said it was by, it was by Spanish Muslims. Yep. And when I thought about that, then like Spain was invaded by the Moors and ruled by uh, part of it by, mm -hmm. by the Moors who were Muslims from, I don't know, between 700 and 900 years until they were thrown out. But, they were raiding up along oh, yeah. Italy and even into your country yes. as Ireland, sure. you know, oh, and I... they enslaved as many as one million yeah. people over uh, between 1,500 and 1,600. But I, I agree. And, it's still and going on to this day. I agree. It's like, I agree, but nobody's, nobody's look at me. Nobody's, Robert, and I love this call, I'm, nobody's got a lock on it. And I'm not trying to say who's got a lock on it. I'm talking about who's, who's the danger today. Well, but but the but the caller the caller about two thousand years ago. Sure, you, you do. Today. Listen, history well, it's repeating itself. Yes, <laughs> we agree. But the point. And I landed with one one quick thing about just about incidents that happened in slavery. If you remember, I don't know five ten years probably ten years ago, Michelle Obama yeah. hashtag three our three our yeah. girls. Yeah, sure. The incident they had where three hundred three hundred yeah. Christian yeah. girls or uh, other religions were. Oh, girls of other religions were taken by Islam, absolutely, the Islamic absolutely. Muslims there, yeah. sold into slavery, forced to be wives, bear children. Mm -hmm. I think 200 of them have been freed or found and rescued, but 100 of them are still, you know, enslaved. So, I mean, it's going on. It's going on all around. But, the, but, but the, uh, point of, the point of the call, today. and there's still, there still plenty of messaging coming in. When you when you look at something in a historic perspective, which you know you don't love Arabs, I love history, and the history is going to come out and say, well, this or that. But keeping people against their will as captives, who's got a lock on that? I mean, Exodus, they talk about. Well, they have no stop. I mean, Mesopotamia, there's slavery. Native Americans are holding other Native Americans long before uh, Columbus shows up. And in fact, when this is the important part of Columbus, is um, Catherine? Uh, excuse me, um, Isabel and Ferdinand. After the, after they finally start to drive, the, um, the they call them Moors, but you're absolutely right, they're Arabs, and drive them out of Spain. And so they go, and Christopher Columbus isn't selling them on, um, it'll be a wonderful like going to the moon. He's selling them on how to make money, and. That first trip to the New World, the quote alleged discovery, it's all about commerce and about you know he sells Isabella, he sells Ferdinand on that idea, and then when they burn through all of those people there, they need replacement labor. Where does it come from? Same place. Who brings it? Spaniards. Um, who brings it? The Portuguese. No, you know, it's like. And I love that because we're supposed to embrace one culture and despise another. And I kind of look at them, and I'll give you the last comment. I kind of look at them as, well, they're, they're fairly equal in behavior. Your thoughts? Well, I just, you know, like I said, I was kind of defending the caller a little bit because I don't think he, he stated that he was 
trying to say who had a lock on slavery, but mm-hmm. it's just what's going on today. It still it still exists today. I think there's still slave trading going on in North Africa, and you had it happen here in America. Right. Yeah, and people don't realize that they, what a danger it still is that they're uh, the but, greatest danger that the West that the West has. And I'm talking about American European. Westerners is the spread of communism and the spread of Islam. It's the two greatest threats. Well, there are three great forces, and it's the one force is not democracy. The three great forces are Christianity, Marxism, and Islam. And they have holy books. They have um, <laughs> martyrs. They have, and they have an obje- yeah. They have an objection. Hang on, they. But how many how many Christians do you know that are imposing their will and like that on anybody today? Oh my heavens! It's just I mean, the opposite. But it's the other, it's the other I, two that are imposing their you, will on. I just told you once yeah. again in history, the 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 they have you know sacred books and holy men and they send up uh, prophets and missionaries, and their their methodology, really you know one thing about Islam and um, excuse me about Judaism it doesn't seek converts, Islam does yeah, Christianity yeah, does. Yeah. And, you know, you can convert guys by the sword, both sides of the wall. And, no, seriously, I mean, when they took Jesus up the Yangtze River, it was on a gunboat. And you, you can't, you can't I, not see that for what that, that, that is. I'm just worried because now you have politicians saying we should bring these Palestinians here, well, which is insane. And there's other politicians who are saying, well, we, we gotta, we, we, why is it? All right, first of all, I'll follow up. Why is it insane? Because you're allowing this country yeah, no, to become I agree. I agree more Islamized you. than it is. It's already it's already yeah. being Islamized. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? It's what, insane. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? That's the question you always ask. When all of the, and this is about to kick off, you know, the invasion. It's, I don't. It's not like, going to get any better. It's not going to be any better. And I'm reading guys are saying we're, they have to stay for 18 months. How? You imagine what that's going to be like? Taking nothing <laughs> away from their intent to grind <laughs> these people to death, but. And again, you're so, it was a very good call, by the way. How, how do you think that's going to end? I, I just, I've seen it. I've seen this happen. I don't know how many times. I lost count of how many times where they've attacked. They've been attacked. They've attacked mm-hmm. back. They've blown mm-hmm. up the West Bank or yep. the Gaza Strip. Yep. They've rebuilt it, and then they've reattacked the Jews again, and the Jews attacked them. I've they, lost count how many times. And they tell you why. It's not going to change until until maybe they start using nukes. I started reading, um, you know, and the first person that when I really tremendously got interested um, there was a, a doctor and his name is George Habash you can google him he was a Christian he was a physician he's Palestinian and he starts to write and uh, I'm an undergrad and I started reading George Habash and again it's like looking at Nasser then and today and but then they get these incredibly monstrous horrible human beings like Arafat. And you're going, how could you get Arafat? You got Arafat. How much money do you think Arafat stole? Oh, $100 million? Mm-hmm. And he hit it in, hit it in banks mm-hmm. in Switzerland? You know, he's a, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I agree. He and, was. And so, and even in, in 2006, the last election in Gaza, they, they, they voted. They voted to bring in Hamas. I, I agree. They don't... 
people don't realize they voted for that insanity. But then that was the last election. <laughs> like after, well, but that's they, like them. That's like them voting in, uh, you know, Hugo Chavez down there. Sure. And or they voted. They voted that insanity in, and they lost the, their freedom. The Ortega brothers. I'll give you another example. The examples are everywhere. You know, that's why yeah. Fidel, Fidel never held elections. <laughs> Smart move. Um, All right. Thanks, that. <laughs> you take care of yourself. Very good call. Take care, Pete. Bye. Good calls. We need a break. Let's take a break. 710 KNUS. All right. 74 will be the high today. We just have a few minutes, and I wanted to do this. My daughter, Shannon, joins me on air, but Dr. McWhorter joins us as well. And I've been uh, talked to by great friends, Mel and all the guys from today, about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So I took my daughter, who has been, been in, a, in a long health struggle, and I want to, first of all, hey, doctor, good morning. Thanks for coming on the show. we got about five minutes. Thank you, and good morning. Thanks, Pete. My, oh, my pleasure. Hey, honey, good morning. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Dad. Good morning, doctor. Um, morning. So they, on Friday, um, my daughter went for her first hyperbaric oxygen therapy session. She's going again today at 430 this is a remarkable doctor. These kind of these guys are going to become sponsors of the show, but I wanted to get it off the ground. Shannon, real quick, talk about your experience on Friday. It was wonderful. Um, everyone there is very professional. They explain how everything works. They walk you through it. And then once I got into the hyperbaric chamber, um, I was given a walkie-talkie, and you're allowed to have your cell phone in there so you can, you know, watch, stream things and and text your friends and like you dad take selfies and send them to everyone you know and (laughs) you just lay there and relax you can take a nap uh it's just fascinating and then when your time is up they depressurize the hyperbaric chamber and help you climb out and i felt like a different person than i did climbing in we're going to be representing this and i'm probably going to try it for the first time myself on thursday but I have a friend of mine who had a major stroke and went through this and it helped. And you read these stories about sports figures and others and they're sleeping in these things. And yeah, Michael Jackson did it, but it was, that was generations ago, but um, you're going to, you're going to today at, at four thirty again, right? Correct. And, yep. and so now they have people that watch you. Right. There was this nice, young gentleman named Logan and every few minutes he would peek into the little window and ask me how I was doing and I just gave him a thumbs up you know and, and let him know I was fine and then I kept texting you and letting you know I was fine and it's it's so, amazing I just kept telling myself well, no. I was in the space station you know doctor so <laughs> tell me what happened to my daughter on Friday yeah so hyperbaric oxygen therapy allows us to increase oxygenation to 100% saturation in the blood supply. And as that circulates through your body, whether it's going to your brain or your muscle bellies after a workout or your organ structures and and systems, um, it it provides a better oxygenation to that tissue. And so as we are aerobic organisms, meaning we require oxygen to function, the better the oxygenation in the body, the better the cellular function is. So you tend to notice things like clearer focus and better cognitive function, as well as 
accelerated rate of healing and, and greater energy levels throughout the day because your cells aren't having to work so hard to do the same job. And uh, and there's there's a wide slew of benefits that come from this, and, and just about any individual is a candidate for utilizing that yeah. modality. There, it's yeah. uh, real quick, you guys, and this is a plug. Uh, you can call them at three zero three three five three nine six two three, and you have a deal right now. That my daughter took it. You get you get a hundred. Well, excuse me, hundred dollars. You get how many visits, Shannon, for a hundred? Uh, I believe I got five of them yeah. uh, for a hundred. Yeah, and and this is yeah. this is like she's paying, and so, doctor, we get about fifteen twenty seconds. What happens when somebody comes and meet meets you guys? And it, they're at uh, seventy five South South uh, South Madison. What's the first thing you do when they get there? Yeah, so we're in Suite two hundred one upstairs, and as soon as you walk through the door, you know you're going to be greeted by my friendly and and well informed staff. They'll do your intake info and chat a little bit about what you got going on. I hate to interrupt. Then, I got ten seconds. Yeah. The phone number again, please. If you want to do this, call them and try it, 303-353-9623. i got to cut it short. I love both of you. I'll call you right after. Thank you, George, for letting me do today. It was a rough show, but it was smart. Thanks, Billy.